Iced tea. Go a cappella. Now I'm on the West Coast, relaxing and chill, living on the mead streets of Beverly Hill. I have I love I, it. You way better than a lot of rappers that are making yes. records right now. She is Olivia Munn. Drop my name as much as you can. By the way, I am a first-class name dropper. The great, legendary John Madden. And then on the phone, Steve Marriott. She's- <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the thing. You watch a guy. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who is that? Mooch, how did you sniff that out so quickly? I sniffed that out. I sniffed that out. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. It is the Combine Week edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Chevy. I'm your humble host, Mere Days, before everything kicks off in Lucas Oil Stadium for another NFL scouting combine, a wide-open scouting combine in which we are uh, holding our bated breath for a star to emerge and uh, take uh, this opportunity by by the horns uh, because it is one of these types of combines that does not have the marquee value. It does not have the surefire first uh, overall pick player roaming around the field out there. It is nobody uh, in terms of uh, skill position being cl- a clear far and away, head and shoulders above the rest of the field type surefire uh, first stringer star type caliber player. That person isn't out there too, at least to our knowledge, until they maybe get out there and show their stuff on NFL Network starting later this week. And uh, I will be there for you in Lucas Oil Stadium. But for the moment, I'm here on the podcast with my uh, my two Chris's. Chris Law, good to see you, sir. Rich, good to see you. And Chris Brockman, good to see you. Great to see you, Rich. We've got two old friends on this podcast. Uh, last week... We chatted with Mike Mayock, and we direct your attention to that one. It's a great primer to get you ready for the Combine. Uh, combine, again, in which we said there's really no uh, star athlete to point towards two right now, like we could have uh, Locke or RG3 last year, um, or, say, A.J. Green, Julio Jones, and other uh, quarterbacks like Cam Newton in the past. There really just isn't, or Tebow. There really isn't that sort of player, the only Tebow-like player that's out there, I would I would say, is Manti Teo, right? Just in terms of uh, uh, a, uh, a a a an interest level of a player that breaks through the sports pages into other aspects of the pop culture stream. He's definitely crossed over, no question. So the crossover yeah. star of this uh, of this combine is Manti Teo, and he'll be out there on Monday on NFL Network's coverage of the Monday drills when the defensive players get out there, the, the offensive players get out there first with the linemen on Saturday, the first day of drills, on-field drills, and then the skilled position players, which I know uh, Jamie Dukes and the offensive linemen always love when we call them the wideouts and the running backs and the quarterbacks, that, but we'll see them on Sunday. And then the defense gets out there and Teo gets out there Monday, and that's, that's basically about it coming into this thing, right? Yeah, I don't think Kristen Webb's coming to save the day for this one. <laughs> Catherine? Uh, you mean? Catherine Webb, sorry. Yeah, yeah butchered yeah, it, but I whatever. the Musburgers for that yes. one. She looked great in the swimsuit issue, though, I'll tell you that. She did. I haven't seen the swimsuit issue yet, have you? I've seen the cover. That's yeah, it, but I haven't seen it. I watched uh, Letterman the other night. They uh, been... presented the top ten list. The the uh, the ladies? The, the, the ladies presented the top okay. ten list. Case. Of, uh, Catherine, Webb, Catherine Webb was number two, and she made a Musburger joke. It was pretty funny. Catherine uh, uh, Webb was at the uh, the NFL Honors as well, but Kate Upton was not. I would have remembered that. Yeah. <laughs> Good lordy lord. We yes. had her at the Super Bowl last or two years ago. Two years ago, Bowl. I remember that. Yeah. 
We got to get her on the podcast. Well, we got off topic. Real one, one, one Catherine Webb uh, mentioned, and we're we're way off. Already. No, actually, uh, she was one. I don't even remember what name you you. Kristen. 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 Kristen Webb. I was gonna say you're thinking about Kristen Wig. Oh. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. Bri- little bridesmaids. Yes. Um, but we will be talking films in this podcast. But first, we're going to chat with our uh, our general manager friend, uh, Thomas Dimitrov of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he joins us every year to give you an idea of what uh, what goes into preparing for this. You're a talent evaluator. You're a general manager in the National Football League. You're the guardian of your franchise, of uh, the present and the future. Uh, so much on the line with these handful of choices that you have to make when the uh, team's on the clock in April. Uh, what do you do right now to prepare for that moment? Who are you looking for right now? How much does the combine factor into who you choose in April? What about uh, decision-making on that front with red flags and medical reports? I'm going to flat-out ask him if he's uh, if he's going to chalk to Manti Teo. I mean, well, that'll happen. So um, that's on the show. And uh, Mike Mayock, again, in his usual spot to to preview this combine that he says is uh, a great chock full of talent on the interior line uh, on both sides of the ball. Um, but in, uh, in a pass-first league, in a pass-happy, points-happy league, you know, that's... Not again, a lot of star players, unless there's a Don Terry Poe out there that's going to put 225 up more than 50 times this year. We shall see. So we'll talk about that with him. And we, uh, again, uh, point you to our uh, podcast chat with Mike Mayock last week as well to download that if you already haven't. And then we'll get to talking movies. We'll get to talking movies. We'll get to talking movies with Jim Moore Sr. We haven't had him on in a while. No, we haven't had him on in a Great while. Great to catch up with Coach. I know. We, I think we haven't had him on since, like, last May when we, we hit sort of the uh, the movies on the... Uh, summer docket, right? Yeah, the summer docket with yeah. him, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, so that's going on with him. And, um, and, and we'll talk about uh, the Oscar nominations, right, for this coming week. We'll get, we'll get him to hit all the seven major categories. Um, in which, by the way, uh, Silver Linings Playbook was nominated in every single one of them. <laughs> the the movie that shall remain nameless. On the, although I don't believe Jim Morris Senior's up on the podcast, the point where he knows what happened with Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Maybe you should have not. some fun with him with that. I'm going to be real interested to see, Rich. If you remember last year, Rich, yes. Harvey Weinstein made a point to coming over to talk yes. to Heinz and me, and he made a point to say specifically that we were the only network that he agreed to speak to. Now, one year later, mm. I wonder what tune he will be did you, singing. Did you hear what Brockman and he's said also there, a, He's also a Giant fan, so I don't know how much he's going to love seeing Rob Gronkowski, who we are once again putting on the red carpet. I don't know how much he's going to love that. Did you hear what Brockman said there? He goes, Harvey Weinstein came over to talk to Heinz Ward and me. That's true. <laughs> I was there. I, I asked I asked I him a question. It. It I got a question. It happened. <laughs> so, at any rate, so we'll talk movies with him, but uh, let's get things started with uh, our friend T.D. He is the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, joining us in his traditional spot. It's now a tradition. Third straight year, pre-combine chat with the uh, general manager of the NFC South champion Atlanta Falcons, Thomas Dimitrov. How are you, TD? I'm doing great. I, I appreciate you allowing me to be part of tradition. I just I only asked for a nice, cool musical interlude or whatever leading in. That would be perfect. Uh, well, we can work on that. We could work on that. Would you want – it, it, this sort of is like what in Major League Baseball where players want to have the music of their choice as they step into the batter's box. We could do that for you. Would you would, would you choose some sort of hip-hop or something like that, Thomas? What would you choose? Sin- you know, Sinatra? I'm not sure what I would choose. Right now. I, you know, 
I, I don't. I was gonna. No, I don't know. I, I was actually joking. But if you're serious, we need to sit yes. down and put pen to paper. <laughs> See, that's that's what GMs. That's what people in your position do. It's all got to be about a plan. It's all got to be about that sort of thing. I totally understand that's that. Right. So, uh, and now, and now we're in that time of year where ever all plans that have been in place for weeks upon weeks upon weeks now uh, are put into action. Would that be an appropriate way to describe what happens at the combine every year? Yeah, I mean we're we're in a process right now. We're at the part of the process that's actually starting to narrow down to go into the combine. You know, we just finished our our position cross-check meetings here uh, last week. So we feel like we're in a really good spot going into the common with a lot of the, the uh, players viewed on video, and, and now we need to go see them live and really evaluate and interview. For those uh, – that sounds like a like a, a term a pilot would use, positions cross-check, or that's what it sounds like when, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the cabin door has been shut. It's time for position cross-check. What does that mean, positions cross-check, for you? Well, basically, Rich, what that means is, you know, we, we have our December meetings, which are overview meetings from all the scouts come in from off the road, and we, we spend hours and hours and days bantering about the players around the country and comparing and, and contrasting. In February, we come back and we, we give each of our scouts a position-to-position cross-check. So one scout will be completely responsible for evaluating all of the receivers, one scout, all the tight ends, all the way across the board, and we're able to talk to these scouts about how they perceive these players and how they juxtapose them one after another after they've watched video one after another, not just what happens sometimes, Rich, is someone will go, an area scout will go out on the road and he'll see a defensive back on Monday of one week, and he may not see another uh, legitimate defensive back for another three or four weeks. This gives the scout the opportunity to truly hone in on one position and truly watch all the players one against the other. So you basically armed going into the combine with full knowledge from each one of these people who have zeroed in on a position who are the best or who should be ones that you focus on when they're out there for the on-field drills or who you should target to get in for the uh, interview process? How, How does that actually boiled down into actionable intelligence for you to go into a combine right there are many things we glean from those cross checks i mean again it just if you can break down as far as who the top guys are who the middle rounders are uh, ostensibly who the the late rounds college free agents are we even dig into that at this time um you know who's got the best athleticism who's the smartest who has you know which of these players have the most character issues that we have to hone in on so it's truly focusing in on a position group, having a lot of discussion, not only with that scout that was responsible to compare the, all the defensive backs, for instance, in this, this topic of discussion, but you know our regional scouts will be sitting in there. I'll be sitting there. Our new personnel director, Lionel Vitell, will be sitting in there. So we really get a chance to hone in on that position and throw uh, questions around the table and, and have some really good in-depth conversation about one position to the next. Is this what takes up most of your time during a playing season? It's this. This sounds obviously very involved, but uh, how, how much does does this uh, eat up your day during the season? As the Atlanta Falcons were making a Super Bowl run this year. Well, I mean, you know, it's part of it. I try to I try to to divvy up my day as much as I can to be smart as a general manager. But there's no question. There's a lot of focus midway through the season. Uh, through the stretch of the season, 
you know, on our on our upcoming college talent acquisition. And I, I can't stress enough for us, and this isn't everyone across the league, but the whole position cross-check idea, the, the entire approach to position cross-checking is, is incredibly valuable for us. And it's something that I, I just believe that, again, I, I can't stress enough, when you're looking at everyone across the country and you're looking at five or 12 different guys at UCLA in one sitting, and then you move on to USC, I mean, you, you water down your vision of these players and your opinion of these players. When you're able to come back to the office, regroup, sit down in a comfortable setting and truly drill down on one defensive back to the next defensive back to the next defensive back, that's when you get a true sound evaluation, in my opinion, of the talents. So then comes the combine. What do you what do you hope to get out of the combine more than anything else, TD? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of, of evaluating movement and athleticism. Um, I think that's a, you know, we know that this is a matchup league. You can't match up if you don't have the movement and the athleticism to, to run and stay in phase, as we like to say. And, and I think that's a very big point for me. Though they're in shorts and people say this is whatever the, the, the phrases are that I know would offend you because you're so involved. No, Mayotte may, may calls it the underwear Olympics sometimes. And if he yeah. calls it that, and, then I'm, and, it's fine. And I love Mike. And, and, and I also say that for me it's invaluable to see these players again um, moving around and, again, being able to juxtapose on that field. Whether they're in underwear or equipment, it doesn't really matter to me. I want to see their movement. I want to see how their hips flex how fast they are, how explosive they are, how they jump, move, uh, adjust. That is a big thing for me. That's, for me, very, very important, as well as, our, as well as the interview process. This will be the first time that most of us as general managers have ever had an opportunity to sit down and discuss issues, challenges, et cetera, et cetera, with, uh, with the upcoming uh, class. Now, you get 60 of them, correct? 60 interviews? We, we do. Uh, some of us choose to take 45, some 60, some 30. It just depends on your organization. Okay. Are you going to take the full 60, or you don't, you don't let that know? I, I, you know, that sometimes we, we do, and other times we don't. It just depends. I will tell you that it, it gets quite enervating down the stretch when you have 60 players, one after the other. I mean, it, it's, you, you start going a little wacky down the stretch. So <laughs> we try to be a little more calculated about it. But, uh, but it's, it's, again, it's valuable. The other thing I will say, the whole medical side of the combine, that's where it all started, as we all know. So obviously that's incredibly important as well. Well, sure, but that, that's, not, that's something that you, you delegate. Obviously you're not there reading MRIs and stuff like that. Uh, but the, the interview process, you could. I mean, I'm sure you could, right? You could read an MRI if pressed, correct, Thomas? Well, yes, of course. Of course, you, you can multitask that way. But in terms of the, the interview process, it is fascinating that you get 60 of them. You only get 15 minutes at a time. There's like an older gentleman out in the middle of this lobby of a hotel where you're all in these hotel rooms on the first floor, all 32 teams, and they blows an air horn, and it's sort of like speed dating. It starts, you speak for 15 minutes, you hear another air horn. One kid goes out, another kid comes in, depending on the position that's, uh, the, uh, that's, uh, that's in town. Uh, based on uh, the interview process, based on who's out on the field the next day, et cetera, et cetera. Do you remember a time, though? I've heard some great stories about when it wasn't so regimented. Were you were you involved in the NFL back in the day when it was just basically catch as catch can, go and and corral the the prospect that you want and buttonhole him into your room where there wasn't anything organized to it? 
Oh, look, Rich, I was there back in the days. This is uh, 24, 25 combines for me. I was there even my senior year of college. I went and, and accompanied my dad in his uh, during his scouting times, and it was bad. I mean, we, we've come so far. I mean, it was it was a, it, it got to a point, as you know, there were there were scuffles and not full on fist fights, but there were pushing up against the wall. Like there was some funky stuff going on because there was such a drive to get these players into your room. The interesting thing is it got also to a point where some NFL teams would hire people outside of their building. Some of those guys ended up being pretty big, rugged dudes. So there was a little bit of an intimidation factor, not physically, but you know, wow, I'm not going to mess with this guy. Hey, listen, I'll just follow you to your room and then I'll take him after buddy. Go ahead and, and take this guy from me. So I, it just, I think we've we've become a lot more civilized. I believe we have in society in general. And don't get me off on a tangent, but I, I, it's 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 great to see that. And I think Jeff Foster's done a great job with the, with the uh, combine, and uh, I think we're all happy to be in this situation. But yeah. the interview process, I mean, Rich, if you're interested, that interview process please. is very different from organization to organization, as you know. Yeah, please. I, I know because I've I've been in some of these rooms where they some of them have grease boards to put the kids up on the grease board and say diagram your favorite play. Some don't have that. Some have the head coach sitting directly, like almost knees touching. Because these the interview rooms are actual hotel rooms that fifty one other weeks of the year families who are coming in to go to the Indy five hundred or going to see a basketball game or coming in for another event to go around in Indianapolis. These these are used hotel rooms that you just remove the beds, the headboards are still attached to the wall. It's some of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Every once in a while you'll find a kazoo or a twizzler <laughs> in the corner or something. But you're right. You're you're right. But I will say the interesting thing about the interviews again, from organization philosophically, it's it's really it's very different. So we I'm a firm believer in going straight at the, the players. If there are issues to be talked about, I don't want to catch them in a lie. That's not my style in, in general. I'd rather say, Hey, we have X, Y, and Z on you. Tell me about it. There are other teams that go there and want to catch these players in a fib or a, or a lie or you know being uh you know misleading and and i don't i don't know the benefit of that besides the fact of feeling like you're in control to me i don't like that approach i'd rather drill down and get to it because we only have 15 minutes and not do a song and dance to get to the last question of yes i did get popped once for uh x y and z so well, and then there's the instance this year where uh, there's a you know, and I, I I don't like going specific players with you because um, I understand this is a, a process that you you keep close to the vest. But there is one player in Manti Teo who's already lied uh, or been caught in one in a way, or was caught in a web of lies that caused him to uh, continue it. Let's put it that way. Um, I'll flat out ask you can you can answer yes or no if you want. Is Manti Teo on your board? Let's just let's just start that way with you. Oh, there's no question he is. I think you know I have mixed opinions on this. Um, obviously, I don't want anyone to be dishonest. I mean, that's let's let's just come out. I think it's up to us to decide. You know, get all the get all the information, and then from organization to organization, decide on what is right for us going forward. And I think it got blown out. of I shouldn't say it got blown out of proportion. It it, it really continues to. To, to fester, and I think we just need to drill down on this. And that's all I ask at this point as a general manager. Let's get as much information as we can and let us decide whether one of the, the, the three ostensible scenarios that are presented, and that's kind of how I boil it down, 
let's figure out which you know which one is truly the the situation, and at that point we'll decide whether he's right for our organization or not. So he's still he is on your board. That's for sure. Yes. Okay. And are you going to interview him at the combine? Uh, I would hope so. Yes. Okay. And so then you're going to have 15 minutes with him. Obviously, that's not the only 15 minutes that you would ever have with him. But um, when do you bring this sort of thing up? You know what I mean? Like, because that is the elephant in this room with this young man, mm-hmm. and you only have 15 minutes. You want to see? And I'm sure Mike Smith, Mr. Blank, all of these guys. If you are going to go ahead and, and take him. Uh, not that you know. I, I feel bad talking about him as a, a as a character issue, but this mm-hmm. is something that everybody's talking about. And your fan base, whoever does draft this young man, is going to have to address this. Perhaps maybe just once and then never again. Head on. Would would you agree with that assessment? Well, I think anytime we have a player that has something substantial like this, I think we we drill down right away on the issue, and we don't. Start going through how, how many kids in your family, where'd you grow up, what high school did you go to, what sport did you play in high school. We avoid all of that. We go, we hit. Hey, listen, no offense here. We're 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 coming straight at you on this issue, and we we just dig in for those fifteen minutes. The horn inevitably blows midway through what we need to to uh, <laughs> get out of the conversation, and that that damn horn at times. I mean, I I, I again think that the world of Les Miller, but I, I sometimes <laughs> want to alter that horn. <laughs> He's a sweet man. I met him one year with the horn. <laughs> he's, he's a good man. He's yes. just dude. You, you can't shoot the horn blower. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying here. You know, and and the 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 question is, it's not just with him too, uh, is how much you can get out of the 15 minutes. Um, in terms of just the generality with the combine, um, so many people point to one of the boldest moves that we've seen in the draft in the 10 years that NFL Network's been on the air. Obviously, your trade up for Julio Jones. I asked you this last year. I might as well ask you this again. Uh, did you know leaving the combine that you were going to go ahead and do that? Like, where were you? How much did the combine factor in to your choice to trade up and get Julio Jones, who has blossomed into clearly what, what, what you were hoping he would blossom into? So I'm a, I'm a, a big advocate in, in, you know, gleaning information from, from the combine. Uh, it's, but it doesn't necessarily jack a player up on our board or drop them drastically because it is about the whole, whole picture and the whole package and everything we, all the video that we watched up to that point is, is what's really taken into consideration. This is a supplement for us. I will say in Julio's case, having the opportunity to really drill down and watch this guy back to my, my body movement and athleticism adjustability thing, and the, the way that he carried himself, uh, the way that he ran his routes, how explosive he was with a broken foot running low four threes. Uh, there, there were some really interesting aspects that I, that I took from the combine that, that really played into the decision to uh, make a move on Julio. And then specifically just for this year, uh, where where do things stand with Tony Gonzalez right now for you? You, you know what? I I don't um, I, I want to say that I don't believe in the 95% that he's retiring. Um, we we would obviously like to have him back. You know, he's he's been a uh, a real asset to us in many ways. I don't need to go into that. And the fact that he caught over 100 balls this year in a in a really strong playoff run for us um, you know, meant a lot to me. I still look back to, to 2009 when, when Scott and I did the trade um, with Kansas City 
And I really believed that that was going to be a one or two year. I was hoping it wasn't going to be a one. I thought it was going to be potentially a two year trade. Um, and here we are now talking about a fifth year. I think that he's seriously contemplating. I don't want to answer for him. I hope he realizes that, uh, you know, he could come into your world uh, anytime with his, his looks and presence. Yes. Not do the job that you do, Richard. No, thank you. Can, thank you, Thomas. He, he, can, he can come into your world uh, <laughs> at another time. Uh, you can only play football for so long. That's right. The, the, uh, the, the paparazzi will always be there, but in terms of the playing window, it's not. And, and so do you, do you go into this combine looking at some of these tight ends thinking, I may have to take one of them? How do you how do you factor in the the uh, unknown for something like this? I think normally, let's just say hypothetically here, when you have a situation like this, you you would like to um, sort of appeal to the, the the said player and 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 suggest. I hope that we could have an agreement here, uh, not necessarily on compensation at this point, but an agreement that you are or aren't going to retire prior to us going into the combine and to free, in, in into free agency. It's not always going to happen, but you would like that. Um, but in order to, to cover your bases, we'll have to go in and look at positions and all positions. And, you know, in this situation, we will go in and watch tight ends closely, no question about it. Okay. A couple more questions for you. Um, did you watch the Super Bowl, Thomas? I did. Um, I, I meant – uh, only to watch the commercials. At, uh, <laughs> Mr. Blank had a, a, a very nice soiree that I'm surprised that you didn't show up to. But well, I, um, I I didn't get the invite. I mean, you know, but I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm working for him. I work for the man that on that day. So um, you would you would have fit in very well there. Thank you would have fit in very well, um, and you could have helped me navigate through uh, um, many many people there. But I, uh, as far as wanting to talk about it, I. I, I watched some of it. I was back and forth. I watched the last probably seven or eight minutes closely, and I thought it was a very interesting ending. Um, very, very interesting ending. Yes, I was going to ask you, two 49er fans who are complaining about a non-call costing them at the end of their championship game, you say what to those people, Thomas Dimitrov? Well, um, you probably are backing me into a corner here. No, I never back I, you into anything. I never back okay. you into anything. You're 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 too savvy to be backed into anything. Yeah, I think I think you know. Look, it it happens. It, it um, uh, stuff happens in in our stuff. Ha- stuff happened in our playoff games. Both of them, just like to the other teams, they're they're going to happen. It's just going to happen. Interferences are are going to happen in the. You know, in the game, and and sometimes they're called, and other times they're not. That's just the way of the world. Um, you know, I thought, you know, I just it's one of those things that we have to deal with, and and hopefully it doesn't come down to one play. Um, you know, that you're winning or losing a game, and um, you know, look, we we had a lot of people around here talking about uh, what ifs, and uh, that's not our our approach, as you know. I mean, I kudos to Mike Smith, not complaining about anything like that. Um, you know, after our game, and and uh, I think uh, Jim Harbaugh is a heck of a football coach, and uh, you know, I think uh, those guys coached up a, a heck of a game, and they they played a very good football game, and it went to Baltimore. That's just the way it is. See, there you go. I didn't paint you in any corner, right? You danced. You, you that was very good, Thomas. See, you're you are you are you are way too savvy to be painted in any corner. But that was the first thought I had. 
You know, I mean, and, and yeah. the, it, 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 your 49ers say, where is the call? And uh, I heard that from Falcons fans just two very Sundays before that. And uh, yeah. but but Rod Woodson always always told me working with him for all the years that uh, uh, one of the things Chuck Noll always told the team was play better than the refs ref that you never want to be yeah. caught in a position where one call at the end of the game that you hope to get or you thought you should have gotten uh, is going to cost you you know and that's you know I, I guess that's my philosophy in that regard you know but well uh, there's there, yeah and there there's you know it's interesting because there's been a lot of talk about. You know, um, down the stretch in those deep playoff uh, championship games, you know, everyone's trying to figure out what calls are going to be called and what car- calls aren't going to be called. Not, not in any way is there a plan for that, but just human nature. I mean, that's in the end, we are talking about human nature. I think our officials do a heck of a job. I really do. We're, everyone's always going to have an issue here and there because that's the nature of the game. But um, you know, I just I, I find it interesting. You know, some people believe that. You know, there are certain things uh, that, that, that will be called and, and other things that won't, and the ones that aren't called as often, maybe they can get away with those. You know, who knows? I mean, that's that's always been the discussion in any league. It's not just in the NFL. You know, if, if a guy feels like he can get away with, with tugging and pulling and he has through a game, then he may continue to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know. Well, listen, Thomas, thanks again for doing this. I really appreciate it. You're still a vegan? You're still off the meat? There's still no meat in Dimitrov? Correct. <laughs> I'm still uh, trying to eat, uh, you know, in a in a healthy way. I I, I do eat some fish, and okay. I'm not completely vegan. No. Okay. I just want to make sure that that uh, that you're still on the straight and narrow here because you're an inspiration. All of us in this league, we eat like crap. <laughs> Most of us do. We all know it. It's just very easy to not uh, take care of yourself, and you take care of a team and yourself, Thomas. You lead the way, my man. Well, I appreciate that. I really do. And, and honestly, I have, I have, I sometimes go through these modes of not eating well myself. Um, oh, and no. so, look, when we're at the combine and we pass each other at Moe's, yes. there are times when I just. <laughs> that's right, right around the corner. Yes, that's coming. That is right around the corner. I can't wait. Thomas, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know how busy you are. You're traveling all over the place. So, thanks for doing this. Um, my pleasure, as always, and I'm, I'm glad to be part of your tradition. <laughs> no, it's our tradition now. It's our tradition, Thomas. It's about I us. I feel closer to you already. <laughs> Just wait till Indy. I will see you there. Look forward to it. Thank you, sir. Thanks again. That is Thomas Dimitrov, the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, in his usual, now traditional, pre-combined spot on the Rich Eisen podcast. Love that guy. He's uh, one of the best general managers in the game, and... Um, He's a good dude. I root for I root for Thomas Dimitrov, and I don't. Uh, I don't I'm not. A, I'm not ashamed to say it. Yeah, it was... uh, although I believe uh, his conversation was brought to you by the phrase "drill down," <laughs> right? Is that like craftsman drill He's bits? Like, or we're going dr- to drill down into that. He did that quite a bit. He did say that quite a bit. Yeah, he, he did say that. But uh, I thought it was interesting what he said about, you know, Teo and... and uh... Well, Teo's... I mean, I felt sort of silly as Teo on your draft board. It's not like the guy beat somebody up, beat a woman up. You know well, what I mean? I mean, Lawrence Phillips did and got drafted sixth, sixth overall. Sixth overall, right. So... And, and, and that woman existed. It yeah. was an actual woman, <laughs> you know? True. So, but there are some... Te- I, I had to ask him that because out of, out of any other franchise, uh, the character issue is way high up on the uh on the uh the checklist for this franchise with Michael Vick uh and the dog fighting having happened to them back yeah. in the day. So 
you know, I have to ask him, is Manti Teo on your draft board? You know, is the fact that he lied uh, publicly um, or needed to or was embarrassed as to what happened um, or the fear that – and that's why he lied – or the fear that uh, he hasn't told the full truth to this point, will that keep somebody like that off the draft board? And it was he's definitely on this draft board. Yeah. And, he, I mean, you know, you, he didn't want to confirm that – nobody wants to confirm who they're speaking to. You know, at the, or interviewing, even though it's, you know, I don't think it's a surprise. Uh, Manti Teo is going to be in demand to be interviewed at the Combine. And, and again, the interview process is each team goes to the folks running the scouting Combine and say, we want to talk to this kid. And the night uh, before they work out is when the interviews take place. So let's say Teo is working out Monday, as we mentioned at the top of the show. He and the linebacker groups are working out Monday, Sunday night is when he will be getting interviewed. And it's 15 minutes long. And you go from room to room to room. I'm telling you, it is. Have you ever seen this law? Have you at the yeah. combine? Yep. Brockman, it's incredible. Where you go, it's the first floor of a hotel in Indianapolis that 51 other weeks of the year is used by tourists. But it's taken over by the combine for this week. Right. And it literally is first floor rooms. Each team gets one of them. It could be like two double beds normally in there, and they take the beds out, and the headboards are still attached to the wall. <laughs> and the players just wrote, go and from they go room. in. And there's an there's an, uh, a gentleman sitting in the middle of this atrium area, because um, it's one of those it's one of those hotels where it's it, it's three stories high, but they all look out into the same atrium. And um, and there's an in ground an indoor in ground pool on the first floor. Wow. And um, at any rate, uh, he blows a horn to start the process and then blows it again. And as soon as it, the, this, the horn sounds, 15 minutes are up, that player gets out. He's got a laminate around his neck, to sh- you know, a color-coded laminate around his neck to tell him who's next in the next 15-minute period and what room to go to. And he goes to that room. And in previous days, as I just talked to Dimitrov about it, it used to be there wasn't nearly as organized and there used to be fistfights over it. It used to be all. I mean, he just said, didn't he just say that, that some teams hired muscle? Yeah. To stand next to the Wrangler to so, keep somebody off of the prospect that they tried to get? Wow. Dion tells a story about when he was being interviewed. This was back in the days when it wasn't organized. That Dion was being wrangled by somebody here. I want, we, want to, we want to interview you. And he would walk into the room and he would say, When are you drafting? And if they said anything higher than uh, eight or seven or even six, he walked out of the room. He goes, oh, no, you got no chance for me. And he walked out. That's Dion. Dion. That's Dion's interview stories. But, you know, Teo is going to be in demand because these guys are going to want to speak to him. Yeah. I thought and, it was- uh, but it, it, to use the uh, – for the 15 minutes, to use the Dimitrov vernacular, it's going to be tough to drill down on that thing. Yeah. In just 15 minutes' time. And what if you're the 20th team on his hit list there? Could you imagine if this is the team, you know, you bring him in? I wouldn't mind being the 20th because I want to see what he's like when he's got to explain it for the 20th time. He made his bed. I'm resting it. Well, I mean, but when he's got to explain it for the 20th time and he's tired of saying it and he just doesn't want, you know. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how he responds to that. But that's all coming. I thought it was interesting how TD said too. He's like, you know, our approach is we don't we don't try and catch them in a lie. We tell them, look, we know we have this, this, and this on you, and and mm-hmm. we'll basically get the explanation. Don't don't try and lead them astray and have them. You well, know. it's because you know um, 
the the red flag sometimes can be you know uh, an indicator and other times it can it can it can be a label that you can work through yeah and in that respect what Vontae's perfect last year had more flags than a, than an amusement park and um he was a stud didn't Huge. get drafted right the defensive rookie of the year was Janoris Jenkins wasn't it uh, no, it wasn't. Casey it was Luke Keekley. It was, it was oh, Luke, Luke Keekley. Yeah. But but uh, but Janoris Jenkins was a was a finalist. Yeah, and he fell to the fourth round because of all the red flags. I'm telling you, just man, you got to do your homework and you got to hope for the best. It's it's a science. It's an art. It's a luck of a draw too. Really, is luck of the draw. Um, and that goes down also at the same time as we mentioned uh, throughout this show. It's Oscars weekend, so let's get your tuxes on, boys, and call up our favorite rented tuxes, Rich. Okay. He is the official movie reviewer of the Rich Eisen podcast. Also, just happens to be the winningest coach in New Orleans Saints history and a longtime coach of the Indianapolis Colts and a good friend of the network and a just great gentleman and scholar and officer and all of that good stuff overall, none other than Jim Moore. How are you, Jim? Good to Rich, speak I'm with you. Rich, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm great. How's the golf game? Everything good? The golf game is kind of inconsistent, but basically, overall, it's decent. I bet you. I, what do you mean inconsistent? I bet you stripe it down the middle every time. No, right? I do not. You do that's not. That's the problem. I, that's the problem. I hit it good sometimes, and sometimes I don't. And people say, "Well, that's how golf is." So I've accepted that. Do you? <laughs> it's 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 tough to accept, though, isn't it? Jim? No, very I mean, tough for, to accept. And I go out and practice and hit on the driving range and all that. But uh, it's a frustrating game. I never played when I was coaching or working, mm-hmm. and. Uh, People that play good have played a long time. I haven't played a long time, but I but I love it and I fight it and I work at it. Now I know your I know your son Jim uh, is moving his tournament to the Los Angeles area from right. uh, the Northwest this year. He's going to have his annual charity golf tournament, I believe, at Riviera. At Riviera. That's right. how he. And that's how he rolls now, huh? Riviera <laughs> Country Club. Jim. He's down here. He's down here with the celebrities like you. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, but hey, you so know what, what he did Sunday night? The rascal. What did he do? He went to the Grammys. Can you? Did he really? It? God, what a yeah. He he did. He would. So who did he? Who did he? Say I don't know. He he when he was at Forty Niners, he uh, he had a good friend. I don't know if he how he, this other guy was involved with the Forty ers whether he was a coach or in admit, management or administration. Yeah. yeah. But he now works for some kind of an agency here in in uh, L.A. Southern California, L.A. Yeah. And he had a couple tickets, and he invited Jim and Shannon, and uh, uh, Jimmy said he had a good time. And they went. Yeah. Now, now, if there is there anybody in the music world that you would have been excited for Jim I, to have met? I don't know any of those people anymore. I'm None? back in the Frank Sinatra, Neil Diamond days, you know. <laughs> I don't, no, no, wait a minute. No, I, I don't I know thought, these, new t- these guys. I the thought you've been to, I thought I heard from people at the network you went to a Pearl Jam concert. Is that a true story? Oh yeah, yeah, but that's because my my middle son Michael's a good friend of of uh, of one of the Pearl Jam guys. Uh, okay. What's his name? Eddie even... Eddie Vedder? No, not Eddie Vedder. Not the main guy. Uh, okay. Oh, I can't think of his name, but they're really they're really good friends. And uh, but you've we, been to that, so I don't... took Barty and uh, Mariano. Mariano. I know, yeah. but but so don't you can't sit here and say Neil. Diamond I didn't like was the last it. One. I didn't like it. <laughs> I almost got. High from all the marijuana smoke that was being smoked. <laughs> yes. Oh no, His name is Jeff. 
Oh. He's a base. He's a Jeff. Uh, Jeff Ament, I believe. Jeff, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, that's who. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. So, but, but I'm just saying though, you can't sit there and say that Neil Diamond was the last guy you've heard of. No. You, you, okay. So that I mean, you've you've you're a little more current than that. I tell you one thing. I really like the Beyonce uh, performance at yeah, the halftime of the Super Bowl. I thought she, she was outstanding. She was great. Yeah. She was great, and it, and it it felt like the last. 15 minutes of a concert of hers that you were seeing. It felt like that in the building, and it felt like that on TV, too. Is that right? On TV, it was. she was great. She was awesome. Yeah. And she was otherworldly. She might beat out Mila Kunis, Coach. She might. Uh, I'm serious. She might. She might, yeah. Now, um, let's, Is, let, let, let's get into the, the Oscars aspect okay. of it here. Okay, because uh, I understand um, you have seen most of the Best Picture nominees. Yes. Um, and just like the last couple of years, what I'd like to do is walk you through the nominees for the seven major categories of Best Picture, Best Actor and Actress, Best Supporting Actor and Actress, Best Director, uh, and I think we'll go we'll go uh, screenplay. Which one, adapted or original? Both. Okay, we're gonna hit both. We're okay, gonna, we're gonna we're gonna hit all of that stuff. So okay. we'll go through the major categories here. I'm ready. And see how you up. stack up. Okay. Um, and, uh, Chris Law, do we have special music to work we, through this? We do have some Oscars themed music. Okay, hit it. Hit it. Here we go. Oh, yes. I'll fade it down, and you guys can begin. Thank you. Please fade it down. There we go. It's now time to pick the uh, best film actors and actresses, best performances, best directing, best writing uh, that we have seen on the silver screen this year. And to do that once again is the official... Oscar prognosticator and uh, movie reviewer of the podcast, Jim Moore. All right, Jim, here we go. Did you like that introduction? Was that worthy of that your... That was good, yeah. Yep, like it that? was more oh. than worthy. By the way, before we start this, you know, last year we sent Heinz Ward to the red carpet last year um, and uh, to uh, represent the podcast and do interviews for us. Do you know who we, who we have this year no. on the red carpet? No. Rob Gronkowski. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. How do you think he's going to do it? The I think he'll do great. I do, too. Yeah, I think he'll do great. <laughs> I'm hoping. I do have a year plus left on my contract. So no, no, he's, he'll be good. He'll be good. He, he's going to look a little, a little more unlike some of those other people on the red carpet. But <laughs> Are you I saying he'll, he'll stick out I like a sore he'll thumb? Be good. He'll, hey, I'll tell you what. He'll stand out. He does just like he does in the, on the gridiron. Yeah. Okay, so best picture. How many of these have you seen? I've seen seven of them. The two I haven't seen are mm-hmm. Amore okay. and Beasts of what is it? Beasts of, Beast the, of the Southern Wild. Southern Wild. I did not see those two. I've seen the other seven. Okay, so you have seen Argo, Django Unchained, Les Mis, Zero Dark Thirty, Silver Linings Playbook, which uh, has a history with this podcast. <laughs> we won't go into right now. Uh, Lincoln and Life of Pi. You have I've seen, seen all, those. all of those. Yep. Yep. Which? Which? Uh, okay. Here we go. The best picture of the year. Get the, you got the drum roll ready? I got the drum roll. Go for it. The best picture of the year, according to Jim Mora, is... Argo. Yes. Argo, Argo. wins. Very good. Terrific. I'm clapping. That, Very you, good. Know, you know what? I liked all seven of these. Okay. I, I, it wasn't any that I didn't like, that I, did, that I walked out and said, hey, yeah, it was okay. I liked them all, mm-hmm. but I, I just got to go with that one. It, it's a, it's a, it's a close, close first over you know the next one and... And so on. I think, you know, Argo was the best movie I've seen all year. Yeah, uh, me too. I, I enjoyed Silver Linings Playbook immensely. Uh, and Zero Dark Thirty stuck with me the next day. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Django Unchained was mind blowing. I mean, really it was the, good, really I mean, good. Yeah. What, what do you think of all the gore, though? Are you a, you don't mind the gore in movies? No, I didn't mind it at all. In fact, I saw it. I Connie was doing something. My wife Connie, and she 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 was, and she didn't go with me. She was I don't know out of town or something. And I went to it, and I saw the gore. And she usually doesn't like that stuff. And and then she went and saw it by herself, and I said, you know, you may not like it. And she liked it. She thought the movie was really your, good. Connie, your wife, yeah. your, your wife saw Django Unchained yeah, solo? Yeah, and liked it, and liked it. Wow, that's hardcore, seeing Django I Unchained know. by yourself. I thought it was really good. All right. Yeah. But Argo, what did you like about Argo? That's a better than everything well, else. Well, first of all, you're sitting there, and you're thinking, well, hey, this thing really took place, you know. That's incredible. And, and then how this guy went in there... And, and got those people out of it. And, and then I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to put myself as one of those, uh, you know, captives or one of those people. And how would I have reacted uh, going through what they went through? And I'm thinking, man, I don't know if I could have pulled that off. That, that's what was amazing to me. Yeah, I think the thing about Argo I really enjoyed, not just the acting, mm-hmm. but I thought, and we'll get to this in a minute with the directing, I thought what Ben Affleck did to keep you on edge, uh, the way that he shot the film, uh, the scene in the souk where they had to uh, they had to leave the confines of the Canadian embassy for the first time as the mock film team yeah to prove to show to the Iranians that they were actually there to shoot yeah. a movie to look like they were a crew that was amazing oh my lord I was on the edge of my seat I know that was uh, amazing yeah and uh, we'll get to some of the performances later on but I just thought that was that was the best movie of the year what you I think of, so. what'd you think of Lincoln Okay. Now, now okay. when I say okay, it doesn't mean I didn't like it, but for some reason, it, it, of the seven that I saw, it would be number six. Number six? Okay, yes. so, so, so rank them for me. me. Entertain, me now, now, I know it's going to might even win the Academy Award for Best Picture, but just from entertaining Jim Mora, mm-hmm. I thought it was number six. And yet mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a good movie. So what was number seven? Life of Pi. Yeah, what you didn't uh, you didn't like the tiger in the boat? I liked it. I'm not. I'm told you I liked all seven of these movies. <laughs> okay, I liked them all. All right. Okay. Uh, so, but Lincoln was six. Yeah, it was six. I, I from when I walked out and said mm, that's a good movie. What'd but I like those other. See, and another thing, yeah. Les Misérables, which we haven't mentioned. I, I, I've always liked musicals. I really like musicals, and I like that a lot. I know some people that didn't. Yeah, I've heard Russell Crowe was a little bit out of sorts. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you know, these people aren't noted for their voice, you right? Know, their singing, yeah. What's your so, favorite musical of all time? You, uh, one of my, I like to watch the dancing. I'm not a dancer myself, sure, but I like to watch the dancing. Uh, one, my favorite was Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Oh, I really like that one. That's a good one. Uh, the other one, I can't think of the name of it, uh, Marlon Brando, Frank Sinatra, G- G- oh gosh. Gene Kelly? No, 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 girl, Gene, I think it was Gene Simmons. Hold on a minute, I hear, I hear Chris Law typing away right now. Uh, guys and, no, no. Guys and Dolls. Guys and Dolls. Guys and Dolls. I like Guys go. and Dolls. That, Guys and Dolls and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, probably my favorite one. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that, that was, that was, that was good stuff. Singing in yeah. the Rain, you can't beat Singing in oh, the Rain. Oh, man, I love that. Yeah, that was great. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but you just, they don't do too many, movies. like Rock of Ages, they tried to do yeah. that this year, that didn't, Bad. that didn't pan out. You didn't like no. that, right? I didn't like it, no. Didn't like it. They had a great cast in that one too. Yeah, I, I know. Sure that was going to kill it. <laughs> I was looking forward to seeing it. I didn't like it. Right. So okay. So you you uh, you had so Les Mis would be five on your list. 
then? Lemez was four. Lemez was four. What was five? You didn't like Silver Linings Playbook? No, wait a minute. Silver Linings Playbook was three. Zero three. Dark Thirty was two. And Django Unchained would be five? Yeah. Okay. Django Unchained, five. Okay. I love Silver Linings Playbook. I thought it was a little slow initially, but I really liked it. Yeah, I liked it, too. Yeah. The NFL loves that movie, too. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, so there's there's the Silver Linings playbook, and then so it came down between Zero Dark Thirty and Argo for you, right? It was the same thing for me too. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed Zero Dark Thirty. I thought Jessica Chastain was awesome. Me too. I thought the directing of it. I know a lot of people thought it was slow moving, but I loved the methodical pace of that of, of films like that. There was uh, obviously a lot of controversy about the uh, the torture scenes in the very beginning. Um, I didn't have a problem with that at all. I thought everything was spot on, and it. My wife and I, the next day, were like, you know what? I'm still thinking about that movie. I know. But Argo was the same way for me too. Yeah. The next day, but I was also thoroughly entertained, like popcorn movie entertained throughout it. <laughs> yeah. And that's why, to me, that is the best movie of the year. And plus, I just love the actors in it. Oh, outstanding! Uh, you know, outstanding. so so. See, both our, those two movies were were uh, uh, things that really happened, which makes right. them even more interesting to me. And you know, tough things that happened. You know, right. scary things that happened. Exciting, unbelievable, and and how the the, the people portrayed. You know, like like the torture scenes. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I believe they happened. I believe those things really happened. I know that, like you said, a lot of controversy. But I think they really happened. So when you when you uh, see though um, Argo being discussed and you have chosen it, the fact that their director Ben Affleck was not nominated, that I believe Driving Miss Daisy was the last <laughs> film that won best uh, best picture without the director winning as well, and that's yeah. why a lot of people think that maybe Argo is in trouble, but. If Argo doesn't win this award, with all due respect to the Academy that's that's kindly putting Gronkowski on the on the uh, the red carpet for us, I think the Oscars take a hit because everybody else is rightfully giving Argo the award. Jim, don't you think? Yeah, they're giving Argo the award and they're giving Ben Affleck the director's award. So to me, what does this say about the, the Academy of whatever? You know, I, <laughs> it's wrong. It's true. Yeah, I agree with you. So yeah. okay, so let's get to uh, the best director then. Let's get to it then. Okay. Uh, so you think so? Argo is going to win and should win, right? There's no difference between. I do. You okay. know, you never know too. about thinking who's going to win, but I think it should win. I think that I think it should win, and I think it will win. And okay. I'm, I'm with you on that, too. Okay. Uh, all right, here we go to uh, Best Director, which is going to be difficult for Jim Moore, and I'll tell you why. So hit the music. Thank you, Chris Law. Best Director. Uh, I'm going to botch some of these names, too, man. Michael Haneke for Amour, which Jim Moore did not see. I did not see. Beasts of the Southern Wild. Uh, ben uh, Zeitlin. Did not see. Didn't see that. Uh-huh. Ang Lee for Life of Pi, everybody. Let me do all the nominees. Okay, okay, uh, I'm Steven, sorry. No, it's okay, Jim. Uh, Steven Spielberg for Lincoln and David O. Russell for Silver Linings Playbook. Drum roll, please. Chris Law, drum roll, please. The winner is Jim Mora. The best director is? Steven Spielberg. For Lincoln. Yeah. There we go. Very good. Do we have applause, Chris Law? I uh, got him on a different screen. <laughs> it's a new toy. <laughs> it's a terrible toy. There we go. There we go. All right. Uh, why do you think Spielberg's going to win? It's just a, uh, just a, a uh, um, just because he's the biggest name in this group. I think that's part of it because everybody else thinks he's going to win it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Right. You know, he's he's a great director. It was a really good movie. I mean, uh, uh, and, you know, the only other guy, I, I, you know, the 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 the, the, the person of Silverlining's playbook director, that would David be... David O. Russell. Yeah, Dave, you know, that would be, he would be um, a candidate, strong candidate for me, but I, th- I think Spielberg's going to win it. I mean, and he's won most of these other uh, events, awards for director. Right. I, right. I, even though, you know, Affleck, I, I think he's going to win it. Okay, there yeah. you have it. So Steven Spielberg for uh, Best Director. Um, you know, I think we sort of botched it. We did the, the last two awards first, but, you know, that's the way we do it on the podcast. All right. Let's move now to uh, screenplay. Okay. Let's move to screenplay. Uh, writing. Best Adapted Screenplay. The nominees are uh, Chris Terrio for Argo, uh, Lucy Alibar and Ben Zeitlin for Beasts of the Southern Wild, which Jim Moore did not see, uh, David McGee for Life of Pi, Tony Kushner for Lincoln, and David O. Russell for Silver Linings Playbook, the best uh, writing adapted screenplay, and the Oscar goes to... I think Lincoln's going to win it. Mm-hmm. I would like to see Argo win it. Okay, so you go with Lincoln will win, Argo should win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, with Lincoln, that was incredible. You can't go against Argo. I mean, that was incredible. The movie was the best movie of the year. I know. We really we, we certainly agree on we that. We agree on that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, writing for original screenplay, the nominees are Amor, uh, written by Michael Haneke, everybody, who, uh, again, that is a movie Jim didn't see. Uh, Quentin Tarantino for Django Unchained. John Gatons for Flight. I believe, I think uh, that was uh, one of the only nominations for you know, that film right there. I saw that movie. I liked it. Did you, you see did? it? I have not seen it because yeah. I have to fly on a lot of planes, and I've okay. been told not to see it. Yeah, I've been told that if you fly a lot, do not see that film. I liked it, and and people who have seen it on a plane are just flat out, uh, they're they're flat out fried by that uh, experience. I really? fly, I fly some, and I saw, and I don't like the. I'm, I'm not, yeah, a, but I'm, but but Jim, you're a marine. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Moonrise <laughs> Kingdom, written by Wes Anderson and Roman Coppola and Mark Bowl for Zero Dark Thirty. This is a jam-packed uh, Oscar category. The winner for Best Original Screenplay is... I'm going to say Zero Dark Thirty. By, for Mark Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty incredible, right? I think so. Quentin Tarantino yeah. just won the BAFTA. The Brits gave him the, uh, the Original Screenplay Award. Who did? Uh, The Brits, the British uh, Academy. Okay. Yeah, the Brits. Yeah, Django Unchained won that. But you like Zero Dark Thirty. I got Django Unchained. I've got written down here. I got them as my second choice. Second choice. So they win the the silver? If Oscar came in silver? Yeah. If Oscar came in silver. Okay. Uh, So Zero Dark Thirty is is your pick. Here we go now to um, Best Supporting Actress. Best Supporting Actress, everybody. Actually, let's do Best Actress. Let's do that. Hold on a minute. Uh, okay. Here we go. I've got the list right here. Now we're going to go Best Supporting Actress. Actress in a Supporting Role. This is a jam-packed category for sure. The nominees are uh, Amy Adams for The Master, Sally Field for Lincoln, Anne Hathaway for Les Miserables, uh, Helen Hunt for The Sessions, and Jackie Weaver, who played the mom in Silver Linings Playbook. The uh, Best Supporting Actress at the Oscars in 2013, according to Jim Mora, is? Okay, I think Anne Hathaway is going to win because she's won every other one. Okay. But I would vote for Sally Field. 
So and you, the, the you reason think... I would is because I liked Anne Hathaway. I like musicals. I thought she did a great job, but she was only in that movie for just a few minutes, and that that concerns me. Hmm. She did a great job with that song and all that kind of stuff, and I like her a lot. But I, I don't know. I think I think she's going to win because she's won in every one I've looked at. Yeah, Golden I know. Globes, the critics, all that. But I don't know. I just I'd like to see Sally Fields win. <laughs> so you say Sally Fields should win, but Anne Hathaway will win. That's what I said. That's what you say, right? There. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Uh, and let's get right now down to uh, best supporting actor. This is ridiculous. The names. In th- this is like I know. This is a Hall of Fame pack right here. Uh, the nominees for actor in a supporting role: Alan Argan for Argo. Where's the music, Law? There we go. Yes, slacking. Come on, Law. Here we go. Good Lord. Alan Arkin for Argo. Robert De Niro, Silver Linings Playbook. Philip Seymour Hoffman for The Master. Tommy Lee Jones for Lincoln. And Christoph Waltz for Django Unchained. And the Oscar goes to... Okay, again, I think Tommy Lee Jones is going to win. Mm -hmm. But the guy that I really, really liked... Mm-hmm. was Christoph Waltz. Yeah, he was great, wasn't he? I, I know, and it, like you say, that's a Hall of Fame group there, but I I just think Tommy Lee Jones is going to win it. But I, I really like Christoph Waltz. I thought he was excellent. Yeah, he, he, he won uh, in this category a couple of years ago for Inglorious Bastards when, mm-hmm. um, when mm-hmm. uh, he played... Uh, one of the most evil, meanest characters ever created uh, by mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino, and um, maybe just figured he was a much more gentle and much more likable character in this film. I don't know. I think Alan Arkin is going to win it. Do you? I okay. do. I think he's. They're going to give it to him, but Christoph Waltz may win it too. You know, That's... he he won one of the, he won that category. For one of the, it was it wasn't the Golden Globe. He's either the he was, it was the, the British. The Brits gave it to him too. The, the foreign, pre- okay. yeah, Not, yeah okay. the Brits gave it to yeah. him too. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh, let's finish up with the best actor first, because I think everybody. Free- Do I even need to give you the the nominees in that one? We will anyway. Here we go. The nominees for the best actor: Bradley Cooper, Silver Linings Playbook. Big fan of this podcast, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Big fan of this podcast, uh, as is the podcast of him, by the way. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis for Lincoln, Hugh Jackman for Les Mis, Joaquin Phoenix for The Master, and Denzel Washington for Flight. Uh, and the winner is going to be Jim Morrow. Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. I mean, that's just... The guy looks like he jumped straight off a $5 bill off the I back know. of a penny. I mean, it was hey, Let ridiculous. me ask you a question. Please. Do you know Bradley Cooper? Uh, <laughs> he said he's a, I, really, I think he looks like I love a really good guy. Yeah, good I mean, guy? he is. He's yeah. a big Eagles fan. Oh, okay. uh, a big Eagles fan, a really engaging uh, guy. Couldn't have been nicer yeah. when uh, when we met him yeah, uh, like uh, on the podcast. Guy. Couldn't have been nicer. He was awesome. Good. And and uh, I can only hope the feeling is reciprocal. Uh, but Bradley came on and uh, and 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 was great. And yeah, you'll have to trust me on that. Uh, Silver Linings <laughs> Playbook was a great movie, and he was really great in it. And 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 Hugh Jackman was great. I mean, they're all great. But Daniel yeah. Day Lewis, oh, I know. Like I said, he, he was he was uncanny. Yep, and um, that's for a winner. Okay, and the uh, the best actress this is the last category. I'm going to make you pick, Jim Moore. Last one. Uh, the nominees are Jessica Chastain, Zero Dark Thirty. Um, this young lady whose name uh, I cannot pronounce. 
from Beast of the Southern Wild. But she is, I believe, is she the one who's like 13 years old? Or she's uh, Yes. Correct? Yeah, it's the young girl. Yeah, it's the young girl. She's not even 13. What is she, eight? Yeah, I think she's eight or nine. Yeah, see, it just shows you I don't even know anything. Uh, or enough. Let's put it that way. Naomi Watts for the impossible. Uh, I think her name is Quinvin Hanze Wallace. Is that her name? Yeah, that I, I don't know. Hanze? Oh, I'm so sorry. And then Emmanuel Riva for a more. And for Silver Linings Playbook, Jennifer Lawrence. And the winner, according to Jim Mora, is... I, I got a gut feeling she's going to win, and I hope she wins. I would like her to win is Jessica Chastain. Of Zero Dark Thirty. Of Zero Dark Thirty. Okay, there you go. Very good. Um, and, and why do you think she's going to win? I don't know. I just, I just like what she did. And, and Jennifer Lawrence has, has won most of these, you know, with the other deals. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know. I just thought Jessica Chastain did a great, great job. Right. Now, now can, I, can I reveal what you texted me, Jim Mora? <laughs> sure. Okay, here I go. Because uh, I, I haven't read it to the two Chris's. Um, you're going to love this. Jim Mora, uh, when I... Uh, secured your services for this podcast. I uh, oh. let you know I want you to predict all. Ma- I t- texted you. We'll have you predict all major categories for Oscar, including best screenplay. And then this is what you responded with: Okay, is Mila Kunis going to be on with us? If not, can you get Jennifer Lawrence? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, do you remember last year? <laughs> yeah. How, how can we forget? How yeah. We when forget? I when I mentioned we mentioned Mila Kunis. Yeah. Yeah, Foxy, I thought she was. Oh, yeah. yeah. What do you think now? Is Jennifer Lawrence neck and neck? Is that what you're saying? Well, well I'll tell you what I like about Jennifer Lawrence. Please. She, she's got a great body. <laughs> all, all these young gals have yeah. these kind yeah. of skinnier ones, you know. Yeah. This one's got some, I yeah. don't know. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, she's, yeah. She, she's, she's a real person. Is what she's a saying. real person. Yes. I know where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. So but she. The, so, I, I still like Mila Kunis. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> That's right. So when it comes down to Mila Kunis, Jennifer Lawrence is kicked to the curb, right? I mean, <laughs> well, no, I don't a... know about that. Well, <laughs> Mila's Mila's older, you know. She's older and all that right. kind of stuff. Sure. Jennifer's just a, a young pup is, for crying out loud. She yeah. is that, and she may win. She may be a young pup with an Oscar when it's all said and done. I know it. Okay, so you have Best Picture is Argo. Best Director is Steven Spielberg. Best Screenplay Adapted, you chose um, you chose uh, Lincoln. Uh, for Best Original Screenplay, you chose Zero Dark Thirty. For Best Supporting Actress, you chose Anne Hathaway because you think she's going to win. She uh, should lose to Sally Field if you had your druthers. Right. Best Supporting Actor, you believe Tommy Lee Jones is going to win, but Christoph Waltz should and then uh, for Best Actress, you have Jessica Chastain and Best Actor, which the rest of the free world believes is Daniel Day-Lewis. Right. Okay, Jim. Let's hope That's you go it. seven for seven. Let's hope you get it. All right. Do you I agree hope. with me on some of those? You know what? I, I, I just I believe Best Supporting Actor is going to be Alan Arkin. I feel okay. it. Okay. Um, I, I think I um, think you, you're probably going to be right in terms of the, I, I think Django Unchained might win instead of Zero Dark Thirty. Okay, um, and That'd I, be good. I think Argo is going to win for for writing. Um, so okay. I'm I'm sort of disagreeing with you on a lot of things. That's all right. That's all right. And, I like. But you're right. Anne Hathaway yeah. and, and Daniel Day Lewis and Argo. I think you can pretty much pen in. I yeah. think you're right there. Have you seen any recent movies at all that are not Oscar nominated? Have you gone to? see any movies oh there? i saw parker which was the one you know uh 
you weren't a fan of that, okay. huh? No. Uh, Have you I, seen side effects? No, I want to see that. You I'm going to go see, see it this weekend. With, go see it. It's yeah. smart. It's it's yeah. it's awesome. I'm going to see like, it this weekend. Uh, we had the previous. Um, we had the director on previously, Steven Soderbergh, on to um, mm-hmm. to go through the Super Bowl telecast for us. And he said uh, the movie that he was that he watched the most in preparation for this was Jagged Edge. Do you remember that movie? Boy, I remember with, the name. With Glenn Close. Yeah. And and um, and uh, and uh, Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Was one of those thrillers yeah. in the late '80s. I remember it. You know, and and that's the type of movie this is. Yeah. You know, like a, a Fatal Attraction, Jagged Edge yeah. type thriller. Where it Good. just moves along, it's really funny. I, I'm going to go this weekend. Highly recommend that one. Good. Good. Uh, but you have not seen Identity Thief. You haven't seen that. No, I haven't seen that yet. I want to see it. You'll sign, that's on your list. Have you seen it? I have not. No, yeah. I have not. No, it's on my list. Those two are, are probably the top two on my list right now. The only thing I'm going to be seeing in the next week are a bunch of guys running 40 yard dashes and, and running oh, that's around. Right. You know, you know, a movie I was really looking forward to seeing, but nobody's told me. Everybody's told me it's no good, and I haven't seen it yet. Is Which Gangster what? Squad. I haven't seen that. And I, I don't – everybody says, oh, it's lousy. I mean, people that really like movies with, and L.A. people, I mean, you know, it's about Mickey Cohen and everything. Sure. They, 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 they didn't like it at all. I so. went and saw it. It was pretty good. You liked the Brockman? Yeah. You saw oh, you did? Ryan Gosling doing his thing. It's an old L.A. movie. Now that I live out here, I like movies about old L.A. Yeah. Yeah, person. but when you, when you talk about old L.A. movies, recently you got L.A. Confidential. Yeah. And, and then right. you just – I mean, if you're going to do an old L.A. movie – you you know, Chinatown has already set the bar. It, yeah. You can't touch it. That was 30 years ago, Rich. Dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> Call me old school. Chinatown <laughs> is a top ten, right, right, Jim? Probably. Chinatown? Yeah, very Definitely. much. Definitely. Jack Nicholson. I like Oh, him. Faye Dunaway. Faye yeah. Dunaway, uh, yeah. Hey, talk about Fox. She couldn't touch Mila Kunis. <laughs> <laughs> I won't push you off that. I won't push you off your, your firm... Your firm belief. My new hey, podcast open is unshakable. Let me one thing. Yeah. If you ever, ever, yeah. ever yeah. get her to come to NFL Network, yes. invite me out there. Jim, you have no idea how close we got for her to promote Ted. Oh, really? We we got in the red zone. Yeah. We got in the got. red zone, and and we, we... We had a turnover at the five-year. We five had a turnover. <laughs> <laughs> the goal line. Mark Sanchez. <laughs> We Uh-oh. had a turnover. Uh-oh. But it was an unforced error. It was an unforced <laughs> error. <laughs> Certainly put it that way. Okay. Jim, you are the best. You are the All best. Right. Hey, thanks a lot. I enjoyed best, it, as best always. Best Connie and your family, as always. Thank you. Sa- same to you. See you, Rich. That, that is our official Oscar prognosticator and film critic, Jim Mora. There he is on the podcast. It's uh, it's unbeatable, guys. <laughs> very, very difficult. That's unbeatable. To beat I believe that. he hung up, right? Yeah, he, he's he off the he line. Oh, should, should we do an Oscars contest between the three of us? Yeah, we'll we'll do a pool. Well, what we do is we do a pool uh, at the combine. At the combine, and yeah. if you want to throw in, you want to throw in a an entry. You go ahead. You you let us know. Fill out an entry, and we'll pull it in for you with the rest of the group. You know what I'll do? I'll do it as I as we're interviewing the people on the red carpet. No, you no, you can fill it out just <laughs> yeah, like well, every other person. But just know that like Mariucci, who doesn't know any of these movies. Yeah, but he now, didn't. He didn't win last year. He right? calls. He calls like somebody who works in. Right. Uh, he's, in uh, he's got somebody who's like in top of Hollywood management. He's got an insider. who tells him what's what. And sometimes last year that person was way off, and he was not happy. Well, he got the trophy made last year. He like, got the trophy he, he made. All and he brought work. it. He was very excited, and he'll probably do that again this year. He gets very fired up for this thing. It started just, uh, you know, I think in '05 when I, I believe uh, Mora was with us. And Dick Vermeule was with us, 
and then just a bunch <laughs> of folks where we were at the combine, and it was just like, okay, the Oscars are on, and we got a TV in the back room of Shula's Steakhouse in the Westin Hotel yep. in Indy. And they plugged the TV into the wall, and we just ordered food. And like 12 of us, 15 of us were in there. I think Hanson was part of the mix. And a bunch of us were in there. And we did an Oscar we did an Oscar pool. And Dick Vermeule won it. Dick Vermeule, the first Dick Vermeule wow. won it. Wow. And we gave him, you know, we, we were. This did he cry in his acceptance speech? Dude, it was late at night. It was a long day, long week, late at night, a few, uh, a few, uh, you know, a few libations in. <laughs> we handed him one of those like small lamps that is on the table. Yeah, you know those little those little lamps that light your table at the steakhouses. We handed that to him as his award, his trophy. He held it up, started giving a speech, and ask anyone in that room. He began to choke up. <laughs> <laughs> Ask anyone who was in that room. Mooch, uh, Mike Muriano, one of our producers, who Jim Mora mentioned that he went to the Pearl Jam concert with. Um, Ask anyone in that room. Vermeil began to choke up. Oh, man. Because Scorsese finally won. That was the year that departed. Ah. So what year was that? Oh, I want to say it was like 07? Yeah, and he was just six, talking seven. about how Scorsese is one of his favorite directors, and he choked up. That Scorsese finally won. That's fantastic. Whatever. That was the first year we held one of them, whenever The Departed took care of business. Because it was Scorsese's first ever Oscar. 06. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. That was a Came out So we've been doing it every year. We've been doing it every year. And now it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And now the entire staff takes part of it. And so we'll throw you in that mix. We'll throw you in that mix. That'll that'll be a fun time. I'm looking forward to that. How funny is Moro? Oh, I have a new open already cut, basically, just off of Based him on. alone. And his, and his Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, she's, uh, was he swooning she's over Jennifer Lawrence or what? Look out. Look out. Swooning. Hunger Games 2, everybody. <laughs> Hunger Games 2. Oh, boy. So oh, uh, what housekeeping do we have? We've got a special coming up uh, the Thursday after the Combine on NFL Network at a time to be determined with two coaches to be determined. We'll interview them this week at the Combine. And then on Sunday, Brockman, you're on. I'm on. You're on with uh, Rob Gronkowski. And you will be hearing from me frequently, I'm well, sure. Well, you have to live tweet that. You have to go crazy. I will go crazy. And you'll, you'll we'll have the podcast, uh, Twitter account, and everyone else retweet the hell out of you. Everybody you'll, get on board early at Chris Brockman. Follow now. Okay. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yep. That'll be fun. And then, Log, you, you and I will be at the uh, Oscar event with far less fanfare and glitz and glamour. Far less. In Indianapolis. <laughs> we'll, we'll, um, we'll tweet some. We'll do some live tweeting of that as well. 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. every day on yes. NFL Network. Saturday. Uh, the 23rd all the way through to Tuesday, the 26th. Um, me and Mike Mayock in the booth for the skills competition. First day is alignment on Saturday, as we mentioned at the top of this uh, broadcast uh, podcast. Uh, Monday will be the day that Manti Teo gets out there. Saturday is uh, the alignment, as we mentioned. Sunday is the quarterbacks. We'll see Geno Smith and Matt Barkley and everybody throw. Everybody's throwing. All the running backs and wideouts that day, too. So I guess we'll see maybe Lattimore out there. Or he's not ready. He's not. I don't think no, he's, yeah, he's, don't uh, think he's, still he's not, not participating. Well, he'll still be out there. Yes. He'll still be out there in his Under, Arm, uh, Under Armour um, sweatshirt and sweatsuit and everything. He'll still be there. And, um, and that was fun with Jim Mora. And then, please, you have only a few days left 
to submit your video in the uh, NFL.com slash Run Rich Run website page. The uh, the object is, uh, do you have the rules? And yeah, absolutely. And, and some of the ones that we've gotten that have come in so far are already great. So keep it up, guys. It's, it's really good stuff. But uh, as the rules say, it's simple. Just wear your work clothes. You run the 40 at work. Uh, you know, measure it out. Have a guy time it however you want to do it. Film it. Um, do it safely. Don't want anyone to get hurt. And then upload your video. Don't get fired either. Yeah, don't get fired. <laughs> Preferably if you can get your boss involved. That, you know, that That'd goes, be great. That well, goes a, I mean, a good yeah, way. Bo- I mean, I essentially, at the combine, I have my boss time. And it's, it's Mayock. Yeah, Mayock is the, the, the official boss of the combine. Seriously. Should, should I try to do it on the red carpet with Gronkowski? Well, again, we do don't not get, get fired. Don't yeah. get, we want to go back there. That's your biggest challenge, Brockman. <laughs> it, oh, it's to, to not have him go crazy so we you can get invited back him in. He in 2014. Let's just put it this way. When Affleck hopefully comes up to him, because he's a big Patriot of fan, course. he cannot greet him TMZ style by kneeing him in the Musburgers. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay? What if we get Affleck to Gronk spike the mic? Now that that would be you. You could. That's your Costanza walk off moment. You get that. Have a backup mic on hand. Yeah. By the way, you have to have a backup mic. Well, you know, I did that at the Super Bowl when I interviewed. That's true. You did. That's true. And you should have seen the tech after that. We go to commercial break. The person, you know, the the. uh, I was standing right there. He wasn't too happy. He was not. (laughs) (laughs) None too pleased. Oh, but I'm thinking it's the Super Bowl. We've got a thousand hours of programming. How is there not an extra microphone around if I break this thing? In the name of comedy. In the name of comedy and good television. Anything for a laugh. Uh, yes. Well, mostly. But uh, So, yeah, upload your videos to NFL.com slash Run Rich Run. And, if you, again, if you are on Twitter or social media, you can always tweet it to at NFL Network and just use the hashtag Run Rich Run with yes, your uh, video. The best and worst get featured on, on air during the Combine on NFL Network. Uh, also, NFL.com has full coverage of the Combine as well. So we'll be airing it on there as well. And if uh, if you enter, you're entered to win $200 worth of NFL Shop gift cards, and as well as your book autographed, which I received as a nice Christmas gift last year. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you remember when we did uh, we did our uh, our gift exchange last yeah, year? On it's our, touching, very touching. Touch. Stuff, <laughs> which got us autographed books. Awesome. Of course, Dude, well, right, someday when we have books, well, return was, the favor. It was yes, the best. Please. It Thank was you. the best. Thank you. Uh, anything else that we got to do? Is there uh, an international shot? I got one. Okay, I got one. Got Gareth Price. Gareth. At GPrizzle149. He is from Newport Pagnell. Damn straight he is. He's been, uh, he's been chatting with me this week. So How many Americans are named Gareth? I don't know any. I don't know any either. <laughs> I know one Gareth. You do? Yeah. Where? Where's he from? Uh, State College. Okay. Gareth is in, he's in the, uh, he's in like. Yeah, he's, uh, the one, he's the one who wrote the free report, right? <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Did you read the Paterno report? No, I'm not even getting. You mean the this. one written by you? Yeah, come on, come on. The Homer report. The the, the, the Paterno report, as as written and told by Chris Law. You guys have jokes. <laughs> funny, funny. By our latex salesman. Our latex salesman. Uh, oh, I believe the uh, show closes turning on just on its own here. Hey, <laughs> wait a minute. Hey, this new, new toy. New, new toy. Wait a minute. <laughs> are we getting Oscar? Wait off? a minute. We are. The music. We're getting, we're getting Oscar off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it. Thank you. 
uh, at Chris Love, at Chris Brockman, uh, for At the Eisen Podcast. I am at Rich Eisen. We will see you starting on Friday. The NFL Network coverage with Total Access begins at the uh, 2013 Scouting Combine. Then the drills, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time. As you mentioned, Chris Law, NFL.com. Uh, it's a game changer this year, actually. Yeah. Um, that that uh, NFL.com is going to have more than ever before. I believe every 40 can be individually downloaded on NFL.com this year. Yeah, we're showing uh, – we have two feeds going simultaneously live uh, of, of – because you know how there's three groups that come per day. Yes. Uh, and, you know, you can't obviously cover everything on one right. one show on network television. So we cover uh, two feeds simultaneously so you can one pick will and be, choose. Right. So one will be inside Lucas Oil and the other one will be inside Gil Brandt's hotel room. Yes, exactly. That's basically the way it exactly, works. Exactly, yes. Okay. Or Gil Brandt Cam. Let's put it that Gil way. Gil Brandt Cam. Yeah. yeah. He'll be wearing it on his head. Sort of like a miner's hat. Exactly. That's the that's the whole new thing you're doing for NFL.com. Right? It's amazing technology we have on the wow. digital side. No, not, Brockman, you wonder what they're meeting about all the time. Uh, this would explain it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that new to- just, new toys. They're trying to just reinvent the wheel, man. No, it's good, it is wheel. it is good coverage. We got obviously both feeds uh, every day. Um, I think Steve Weich from NFL AM is is anchoring one of the feeds with Bucky Brooks and Daniel cool. Jeremiah. Covered the Cover Two podcast. Yes, Cover Two podcast. Got Matt Money Smith out there, Akbar and uh, Greg Rosenthal from around the league will be another host. So. so does that mean does that mean there's a is there a fantasy angle to the to the combine? No fantasy angle. We haven't figured that one out. Yet, haven't huh? figured that one out yet. But maybe, there, there maybe are fans. We, we could make year. up a game. We could always just make one up. Sure, there's a drinking game or something out of it. What is the like? Who who are you going to take to take finish in the, faster in, in the broad jump? Yeah, there you go. Who are you taking? Who's your first pick? Is it a snake draft or an auction draft? I mean, for I think the, we got the we, I group. think I think we got to go auction. All right, here we go uh, to wrap this thing up. I appreciate uh, Brockman. Enjoy. Be safe, please. Be safe on the red carpet. I gotta go get fitted for a tux, Rich. Really? You don't. You you return the other one to the menswear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I did not keep it for an entire year. I'm gonna go back. I'm, okay. gonna, I'm gonna upgrade. I'm gonna go a little different fashion. I might go bow tie this year. Oh, you went long tie last. I year. I did. Look out. Maybe I'll tweet out. Uh, sug- I'll take suggestions on Twitter from people. Now you are definitely getting the clip on for that, right? Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not tying a bow tie. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Dude, you're going to go cummerbund as well for the first time since your prom? You're going to go cummerbund? You can't, dude. Don't do it. Don't go cummerbund. Don't go cummerbund. No, not if I'm going to be running Maybe a 40. vest? No. I did go vest last year. I went vest be, with the long tie last degrees. year. It could be 80 That's what degrees. I mean. I don't I'm, do it. I'm going to go bow tie. I'm going to keep it simple and classy. I do have patent leather Chuck Taylors that I bought last year that, okay. I'll, that I'll be wearing again. Look at you. They're more comfortable. Kay Frazier was impressed last year. So he that's was, that's who you're wearing? Who are, Who is Chris Brock? I don't know. Last year I wore Calvin Klein. We're going to see. We're going to okay. see, Rich. All right. It depends well, on what, think, what uh, depends. It depends on what deal you can get. <laughs> that's do you right. think Gronk goes uh, Ricky Vaughn and cuts the sleeves off? get the Gronk, we should get the Gronk has got to go like uh, sleeveless. Wedding, well, no, like wedding crashers, electric blue, like dumb and dumber, oh, like dumb, yes, and dumber? dumb and dumber, dumb oh and dumber. Oh my gosh! That I mean, Rich, we, we got to work. Rich, on as you said, we want to get invited back. <laughs> yeah, a special thanks to Tara from the Oscars Academy for, for getting us on. And, and she's and she's a big Patriot fan. She's right? a huge Patriot fan, oh, so I'm sure she's pretty Lord. pretty pleased. Oh no, Lord, that we have oh, Gronk on. My Lord. Good luck to you, Chris Brockman. Thanks, Rich Eisen. Chris Law, thank you, sir. Absolutely. We'll see everybody else from the Combine in Indianapolis. Rich Eisen for uh, the good folks of Chevy signing off. Stay listening.